0: Welcome, All Seasons. Love it. Uh, I apologize for anything that's not perfect. As you look around, you can probably imagine everything is not perfect. Uh, But we are working through kinks. We are trying to make sure we've got, like, uh, transponders, different stuff. Uh, Some may have problems hearing uh, we've got more speakers. We may end up doing two services next week to be able to handle everybody. And uh, so you can invite more friends and we'll have church. We're still going to have church. Uh, God is still on the move and we're going to touch lives through all this. So let me get you a message because I know everything from restrooms to everything else, we're having issues and, and working through all the details. So let's get straight to the message. And... Uh, Let's, let's see what God has to say for us today. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Romans 8, verses 1 through 5. Romans 8, verses 1 through 5. It's so where we'll begin. I'm going to share several scriptures. as I want to minister today to all of us on this one main topic. Don't you stop walking. Look at that person beside you and tell them in the car, Don't you stop walking. Yeah, there's, there's difficulties. Yeah, there's things that sometimes don't go the way we'd like. We're a, we're a Western culture. We, we have our comfort. We like our air conditioning. We like everything. This is out of our ordinary and we just, part of us says, I'm just through right now. I'm just going to just shut down until things get better. Let me tell you something. We are called to do one specific thing and that is to walk to walk. Here's what the Bible says as we jump into this today. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, He condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. So even this morning, even in our society, what we're battling every single day is whether I'm going to listen to the Spirit that's speaking to me, or I'm going to listen to the flesh that's speaking to me. My flesh is going to fight. It's going to say, I don't like this. It's going to say, we need to find something easier. It's just normal for us. It's not something that you're uh, odd or you're strange or you have a bad attitude. It's just normal. Your flesh is going to rise. Your flesh is going to say, listen, I want what I want. But He says, we don't walk according to the flesh anymore. Our calling card is that we crucify that and we say, but by the Spirit of God, I'm going to speak. I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak that coronavirus is going to die out. I speak that right now over this whole parking lot that it can't survive here. It can't live in the presence of God. I'm going to keep speaking. and My flesh doesn't like that. Somebody say, well, what if it doesn't work? That's my flesh. But my spirit says I have to speak. I have to declare. I have to say what God has told me to say. Why? Because our walk now is not a walk of flesh; it is a walk of spirit. Listen in Second Corinthians five and seven. It says this: For we walk by faith and not by sight. If you turn to Galatians five sixteen, verses sixteen and twenty five, here is what it says: I say then, Galatians five sixteen, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. When you decide I'm going to walk in the Spirit, I have decided I am going to make myself listen and walk according to what God has said. We allow that to crush that fleshly side. You won't fulfill those things. Verse 22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in that Spirit. That is our call. I know it's all through the Bible. You you can't get away from it. Absolutely. That's a good time to honk a horn. Everybody honk your horn. it's, It's what we're called to do. It's our calling. It's not just to go to church. It's not just to have everything correct. It's that we wake up every day and we walk in a spirit, a different spirit than the one we used to have. We know it because it shows itself in love and it shows itself in long-suffering, it shows itself in gentleness, it shows itself in meekness, it shows itself in kindness, it shows itself in the middle of catastrophe, in the middle of struggle, in the middle of adversity, it decides I am going to spread something the world cannot accept, doesn't understand. We hear article after article of churches and people and, and all through our country that are doing good deeds and taking care of people and feeding people. Why? Because us as Christians is this if this isn't bubbling out of you then what's happening is you're listening to flesh you're walking in the flesh I don't like sitting in this car I'm listening to my flesh I don't like the way it is you're listening to your flesh you have to say no right now this is where we're at imagine if you was in Jesus' time and there was a few five, ten thousand 10,000 people, and he was way up on the hill preaching, and you couldn't hear him very good. Well, well I guess I'm just going to go back home. I guess it's just no way. They didn't even have a PA system. They didn't have anything. And Jesus would speak as loud as he could. One person would hear it and say, do you hear what he said? No, here's what he said. And they would keep it going. Why? Because they understood that there was something happening that was different. There was something about him, his spirit, something about him that they wanted. And that's our desire every single day of our life. So when we talk about this spirit, we talk about the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to follow and we're supposed to trust. Let me explain this to you. He is our comforter. In John 14, 16-18, here's what it says. And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and He will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives in you and will be in you. Here's what the Bible says in verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. In chapter 16, we read another. This is Jesus, not anybody else. This is Him speaking about what He's doing. He says in verse 7 of chapter 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you that because Jesus left, and every one of us has the Spirit of God in us, that no matter if we're in a different car, or we're in a different house, or in a different city, Jesus doesn't have to be there personally anymore. His Spirit is there in every one of those locations. Wherever we go, God's Spirit goes with us. And God's Spirit lives in us. And therefore, we carry Jesus everywhere we go in life. Jesus says, it's important that I leave you. If I don't leave you, if I don't go away, you will never get the opportunity, you will never get the chance to be able to receive more than what you have right now. We'll always be on this hill yelling from 5000 down. But when I go away, the Spirit will come. And when He comes, He will have a voice inside of you. He will have a voice that you will hear a voice in every single one of us. We don't have to be around a crowd. We don't have to be around a lot of people. But the Spirit of God that lives in us speaks to us every single day, encourages us, tells us, and guides us. Here's what He says, verse 12. But I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of His own authority. But whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. When we begin to see this, we get the understanding of what God set up. Listen, let me put it to you in a way that, that maybe will make sense, in, a, in an easier way. Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Look at that person beside you and tell us that Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, when I go away, I'm going to send Him to be with you. That's His job. Now, disciples baptize you in water. That's what we do. So when you accept Jesus Christ, Jesus baptizes you in His Spirit. The Spirit of God comes in. The Spirit of God begins His work. The Spirit of God says, I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to be your director. I'm going to be your teacher. And then all of a sudden we say, have you received Christ? Yes. Then you need to be water baptized. That's what a disciple does. But listen to me, then the Holy Spirit's job while He's in you and living with you, His job is to baptize you into Jesus. Because you don't have a great physical relationship with Jesus. You just have what we have read, what others have taught, but you don't have that personally. But the Spirit says that when I come into your life, then I personally will give you a walk with Jesus Christ. I personally will give you a relationship. That's why we can hold our hands up and say, I know Jesus. Why? Because Jesus sent His Spirit. And His Spirit says, I will talk of Him. And I will speak of Him. And I will declare Him through you and in you. I will speak of Jesus all the time. And that's why we need the Spirit of God operating in our life. Because He teaches us how Jesus would walk. How Jesus would talk. What Jesus would say in every situation. Listen, the word guide that the Bible uses all the time, is one who leads and directs another. Listen, when you first got saved, here's why we get into a lot of problems. Because we want Jesus, but not so much the Spirit. Here's the problem with that. If we say, I just want to know Jesus, but I don't want the Spirit of God, then what happens is, it's like we are led. Jesus, when He came, died for us, we know that. Jesus died. Paid for our sins. That's what we just read. But that's the only way we know. And the problem is, is that we don't have a guide in our life. We have someone that as a, a relationship starts, we are led by the Lord. We are people who are saying, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm just going to do my best. Lord, I'm, I'm doing my best every day. Anybody ever say that? God, I'm doing my best every day. I'm, I'm just doing my best. Well, what that is, is someone who's accepted Christ But the problem is they're not allowing the guide. Now, a guide doesn't walk in front of you. A guide walks behind you. A guide is someone that, if you're guiding some ox, or you're guiding a tractor, or you're guiding, then you're standing behind it and you're directing it and telling it exactly where to go. And the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is, and the hard thing, is he doesn't talk a whole lot as far as carrying on these long, deep conversations. You may be in a store, and and the, and the spirit of God says, uh, "Don't do that," and you're like, "Lord, was that you?" And then you'll say, "Well, I don't hear anything. Maybe that was just me. Maybe that was just you know me just thinking." No, that's the spirit. The spirit of God is trying to guide you and direct you. He said, "Don't say that." Anybody ever have to? Don't say that. Don't send that. Don't don't do that. Hey, you need to do that. You know, they tell us, you know, you gotta be fearful right now and scared, and and no, no. You do that. Why? Because the Spirit of God is your guide. He is directing your life and guiding you. This is the maturity that we look for in Christianity that the world's looking for right now. The world is looking for people that aren't just simply saved. They know Jesus but have no guide. They're looking for people that, as Jesus told his disciples, when I go away. One will guide you. One will direct you. A group of men and ladies who turned the world upside down because they were guided by the Spirit from city to city, from situation to situation. If they were in our day and time, they would still be living the same way, guided by the Spirit, guided to do, guided to say. And so God looks at us and says, you've got to do the same thing. Let me show it to you in a story in the Old Testament that will maybe help. In Genesis, we read in chapter 17, verses 1-4, through that God comes, and this is one of the most transparent and the most powerful chapters in Abraham's life. In fact, up until this moment, when chapter 17 of Genesis begins, he is Abram, and his wife's name is Sarai. And they just had Ishmael. And they've been trying to do something and accomplish something they believe in God, but they've still got ways that they don't want to follow God. And what this is is a picture in the Old Testament of what we learn in the New Testament of learning to follow, to be guided. And here's what God tells Abraham for the first time He tells him. He said, Abraham, I want you to walk before me now. What do you mean? I want you to walk in front of me. I, I'm not going to just simply keep fixing all the stuff that you've had. You've had Ishmael, and I've had to fix that. You, you've went to different countries and lied about your wife being a sister. I, I, I'm tired of this. Now, from this moment, I want you to walk in front of me. And at this moment, I will guide you. That's a different walk. That's a mature walk. He says, how do I know this? He said, Let's go through the process, Abraham, of what it will look like. He said, first off, your name has been changed. You're no longer going to be called Abram, but you're going to be called Abraham. God says, the first thing I'm going to do in this transition of walking in the Spirit, we say we no longer are our own. We were bought with a price. We are His. We follow Him. We are His workmanship. We are His children. We are led and guided by Him. The second thing He said, Was this. He said, I'm going to now do something that I can do in a mature Christian that I can't do in others. This is the hard part for people to grasp is that when we start off with God, we start off with adding and subtracting. Anybody, a math person in here, honk your horn if you're a math person? You'll understand this real easy. We start off in kindergarten and we train and we work with these kids and we, we're we trying to teach them how to add and subtract. Add and subtract. And, and you think, okay, well they can add, they can subtract. That's all. But all of a sudden we change it all. Now, 4 plus 4 is 8. But now you've got another 4 and 4. 4 times 4 is 16. Something changed. Why, why didn't we just stick with adding? Why didn't we just Why didn't we just remain? Because when you mature, you're able to deal with things at a greater level than you used to. Abraham is matured now and God says, Abraham, I'm not just going to give you a kid anymore. Abraham, I'm going to give you something you can really try to sink. You're mature enough now to be able to handle what I'm fixing to say to you. I am going to make you the father Of many nations. Not just a nation. Not just a person. But I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to multiply your life. And the beautiful thing is, is when God can get us past kindergarten in our Christian walk, and we can be guided by the Spirit, He can move us into multiplying things in our life. Multiplication is awesome because of this. You don't take 16 or 25 or 85 years to accomplish what God says we can multiply. In fact, in the New Testament, he says it this way. Men will give into your book. It will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He said it isn't just going to be a little added anymore, but it's going to be multiplied. It's going to be in your life multiplied. Blessings multiplied. Victory multiplied. Not just, I, I lost here and I gained a little here. I lost a little here and I gained a little here. But I had to learn that. My first walks with God, like Abraham was, Tim, can you handle a little loss? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a little gain. And, and I'm, oh, I'm going to lose a little here. But I'm Tim, can you handle I can handle I can live with this God. Well, now we're going to change it. Now we're going to change up. We're going to start multiplying. And God says, Tim, as we start multiplying, now things are going to happen faster. Look at today. Look at all, all of you here today. Think of how awesome that is. That's multiplication. That's God saying, you know what? We don't do things in like this world. We do like we're idiotic. Who all knows how many people will be touched? We don't know. Why? Because God says, ten. When I can trust you with adding and subtracting. Well, what do they say? You know, y'all don't need to be ten or more in a room. Okay, well, I guess we're just supposed to quit. No. No, we're not. We're still serving the Lord. We're still worshiping. How do you find a way to worship God? Tim, hey, I can multiply. If you can get your and subtracting, then I can start to multiply in your life. So he tells Abraham, not only will I multiply you, but Abraham, Sarah, her name has changed too. She's no longer your prince, but Tim, she's a prince. Abraham, she's a prince to the world. She's not going to be the mother of just a few kids. She's going to be the mother to nations. All of a sudden now, what's blessing in my life starts to run off onto my kids. It starts to run off. By you being here today, some of you got kids and they're, they're acting like, oh, how long we got to sit here? It's okay. You just realize, just realize that the blessings on you, the blessings on you, if you can handle them, are multiplying on your kids. They will have stuff that they'll think, well, this is just normal. This is the way everybody... My kids now live in a world that I never even dreamed possible. They that, that got some little blow-up pool thing in the backyard. I, I I love to have something besides a creek to swim in. I I, I didn't know you could have an old pool or have anything like that. And my kids are blessed with vehicles and things. And, and I worked a whole summer just to get a $1,500 Monte Carlo from my dad, lime green, at, at, at 1971. I was so proud. I, I knew what he was to add and subtract. But my kids and your Your kids are going to grow up in a society where multiplication is a normal for them. Where doing stuff like this is normal. We don't have to lay down. We don't have to die here. We don't have to quit here. God is for us, and if God be for us, who dare be against us? And for the things that we tried to do on our own, that God says, "I got a better plan." That He's going to set aside our Ishmaels. He's going to set aside the Ishmaels and say, I've got some Isaacs coming. I've got some stuff that's going to multiply you. I've got some stuff that's going to make you better. Yeah, right now it's hard to see it. Abraham sat there looking at Ishmael and God says, Ishmael's not it. Well, I ain't got nothing else. I'm 99 years old. My wife is 90. Don't you worry about how. Your Isaac is coming. And you will name him Isaac because you're going to laugh at how far I'm going to take you. You're gonna laugh at what I'm gonna be able to do. It's gonna if you maybe want to have words for where your life could go. I got Isaac's coming for you, Abraham. Because we're not adding anymore. We're multiplying. We're multiplying. Finally, he told Abraham, we're gonna seal all this with circumcision. And verses twenty three through twenty seven is powerful because the Bible says that ninety nine year old man, that ninety nine year old man was circumcised. He circumcised his 13-year-old boy. He he went to all of his servants, everybody that he had. Why? Because he said, you know what? I'm not walking behind God anymore. I'm not walking hoping that God, God told me, Abraham, I'm behind you and I'll guide you. I think the biggest thing he's showing Abraham is Abraham, I have covered you front with all the blessings. But from now on, I got your back. From now on, Abraham, as you walk forward, I got your back. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. You just move to where I told you to move. Trust me as I told you to trust me, and allow me to do something greater. The Bible says in the New Testament, this it says He did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. He said, "But I gave you one." And the one I gave you is a power, love, and a sound mind. And everyone of us in these cars today, and everyone of us here listening today, will be we have a powerful advocate on our life. And it is the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to say, well, I believe in Jesus, and I know We have the Spirit of God living in us right now. We have the power of God. Think about that. God is living in you right now. Not not that you have to yell out, like, God, hear us. You can whisper. God, thank you that you live in me. Thank you that you've got me. And you're protecting me. Thank you that you've got me behind Because God, you've told me to walk in front of you. You've told me to go forward. You've told me to trust you. And the Spirit of God will guide me as I go along. This morning, guys, that is the most powerful thing that you will ever have in your life. You will not beat this enemy that we're fighting. You will not beat back fear in your flesh. You will not beat back all the worry in your flesh. You won't be able to wear enough masks. You won't be able to hide yourself off in somewhere. But, if God before us, which means the Spirit of God, who Jesus sent, is in us. Who dare be against us this morning? Who dare... We won't be victorious. Who dares say I don't have a future? Who dares says that things are going to get worse? I declare in the name of Jesus that we are victors. We were victors before it started and we will be treated victors when it started. And we praise God. As we close, I want to pray. This is what I'm praying. Lord, today, don't let my flesh be the voice that speaks, but let Your Spirit be the voice that speaks. You guide me and direct me. Give me courage as I read the Scriptures. Make them come alive to me. As I study, as I think about all that You've done, Lord, let Your Spirit just confirm, As the Bible says, His Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. Lord, let Your Spirit have His work in our life, guiding us and directing us. Father, today, I speak it in the name of Jesus. That Lord, for every person in this group that's gathered here, for every car, every individual, for every person that we're praying for, I got messages today, Lord, about people that need prayer. Lord, for every person that's in that car right now that needs a miracle, Lord, I speak miracles over their life because the Spirit of God is in that car. God, I speak that right now for those that need breakthroughs, for some that are financially going to go through hardships, it's just part of what we've got to go through because God, the whole world is going through. I speak that a supernatural doors will open for them. I speak that God, you will open doors and take care of them and give them a joy and a peace through all of this like they've never had. I declare that in the name of Jesus we will be stronger and not weaker. I declare that God, this virus is dying out. I speak death over this virus and I declare it will not reign and it will not rule but God that scientists will come up with the right antidote that God people that are working hard will come up with everything we need and what we don't need and what we can't find God you will remove it from the earth and I speak that in the name of Jesus everything that we are declaring by your spirit will be done and Father we will see victory and we will see souls And we will see people that even in this time that you've allowed, teach us once again to walk by your Spirit and not by our flesh. We are seeing way too much flesh and way too little Spirit. Let your Spirit reign, guide, direct. Let Him speak to us. Father, remind us of who we are. In Jesus' name.